Good, everybody. Welcome to the Eric Reed edition of the Niners Nation Gold Standard Podcast. This is episode number 35. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera here with you. And alongside me, as always, the human wet blanket, Levin Black. <laughs> You're going to insult me when we have guests. I see how it is. I would never do that to you. Did you expect anything less? <laughs> uh, no. Well, there you go. I want to remind everybody before we get started, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Shout out to Chris J1914. Thank you for the five-star review. Chris says, if you are a 49ers fan, the Niners Nation lineup of hosts are who you need to be listening to for diverse perspectives, content, and insight into all things 49ers. Like we always say, if you like the show, take five seconds, leave us a rating and a review. We do appreciate it. Levin, you mentioned the guests, so let's not waste any more time. We are very pleased and privileged to be joined by John Lund tonight from Papa and Lund on KMBR from 10A to 2 p.m. Pacific time every day. What is up, John? Oh, just nothing. I mean, there's nothing going on. I don't know. You know, no draft, no quarterback <laughs> discussion, no nothing. Look, if people are if people are telling me on my radio show that they're, oh, we're already sick of the quarterback discussion. This is what you live for, man. Speculation. Who's it going to be? I mean, it's only going to it's only going to shape the future of the franchise. But hey, no big deal. <laughs> like, do people realize that the 49ers could potentially be at the beginning of a 10 12, 15 year run of contention every year if they get this pick right? Yeah, it, it, it seems like people are like, ah, we're kind of over it because everyone assumes it's Mac Jones, which I don't believe. But yeah, it, to me, this is massive. Kyle Shanahan could have gone on and, and could have made a safe move. He could have stayed with Jimmy, he could have went with Darnold, he could have maybe went with Bridgewater, any of these other safe moves. But for them to go up to three, as much as I think that everybody feels like, they love Kyle. They love John. They put, they've made a lot of the right moves. This is going to define what these guys are. And this is the type of move that if you do get it wrong, as good as, as Kyle especially has been, you can lose your job over it. Yeah. I think it is a unique situation just from the team aspect in NFL history, really that you have a team that's coming off a recent Super Bowl trip and still has that type of roster sitting there and yet they made the kind of all-in move to go get a quarterback. It seems to me like this is something we've never really seen before. Yeah, especially, look, nobody saw this coming. And If I were to sit here and tell you that, yeah, oh, yeah, this was coming. For them to move up to three and make this kind of a move, I, you know, look, everybody was saying, hey, they're going to stick with Jimmy one more year. I wasn't a big fan. You guys all know and everybody listening all knows. Look, he's missed 23 of 48 games, and they said right at the end of the season – we are going to look into getting healthier. So this is the, the way to do it. Go get a quarterback who's going to be there. Two of the last three seasons have been ruined by injuries at the quarterback position. Let's be honest. I mean, there was a ton of other injuries last year, but you lose your quarterback. There is no other position. Hockey goalie is kind of close, but there's no other position in any sport that's as important. And there's a, as big of a drop-off as there is from one to two. So you got to fix the position. Jimmy's been okay when he's played to good, but he hasn't played enough. And I think the turnovers and, and the uh, inability to stay healthy is why they moved all the way up to number three, and they paid a huge price. I think I, – I could be wrong about this, but I think that this is the biggest trade in the history of the franchise. When you consider the roster that they have and what they gave up, I mean, I know the Charles Haley trade was a big deal, but I think this is right up there. 
Uh, you know, there's nothing even really close. I mean, they traded because they were stupid way back in the day, way too many picks for OJ Simpson. And that was a complete disaster, but yet you're right. Especially in the day and age we're in, where just everybody goes crazy. We're about five minutes into our show. What was it? Two Fridays ago, whatever it is, 10 days ago. And I don't know, we were talking about something, nothing really important. And all of a sudden I see it flash in front of my face and you have to go and you have to look for the check mark now because there's a fake Adam Schefter and there's a fake everybody. So I look and I see the check mark and it's still not computing that they moved up from 12 to three. I'm like, they couldn't have moved up to 12 to three. Do I say this on the air? Am I going to look stupid? Which I have no issue doing, but sure enough, that was it. But I agree with you. I, I As far as picks are concerned, as far as, legacy which is an overused term is concerned any of those kind of things this is the biggest move because it's a quarterback and Kyle Shanahan looks like he's on the road they look like if they get healthy they're a Super Bowl team but to them and I give them a ton of credit they look at Jimmy Garoppolo super guy love the guy women love him I love him I want to be him I want to look like him I want to have the bank account everything about Jimmy Garoppolo is great except for he can't stay healthy and he can't stay away from turnovers and they looked at the position and they said look we've got to do better because they look around the league and they see, and this is why I don't believe it's going to be Mac Jones. They look around the league and they see the dynamic quarterbacks and the type of plays that can be made. And they say, I want that. That's what I want. You know, when you're, when somebody gets a Christmas present, you're jealous of it. I want that. I want that. I want that. That's what the 49ers want. You know, so you, you've hinted at it that you don't think it'll be Mac Jones. So let me ask you, why do you think so many people out there are saying they will be surprised that if it, if it's not Mac Jones, you know, even Adam Schefter, as you mentioned him already said that he would be surprised if it's not Mac Jones. Because I don't want Mac Jones and I want to believe (laughs) that it's not going to be Mac Jones. Uh, Look, I saw a beer belly at the workout. I mean, you can't move up from 12 to three to take a guy with a beer belly. Cause if you were going to do that, you could pick me. I mean, I, I I could do that. Look, it's to be complete, you know, full transparency. He just, when I hear people say, and they throw this around, you know, he's really smart. He's going to be Tom Brady. There's one Tom Brady and there hasn't been a Tom Brady since Tom Brady was picked. And a lot of guys can do that. And, and, and even beyond the bias that I will admittedly have, I think that you can get a Mac Jones almost every year in the draft. You could have got a Mac Jones and Sam Darnold for a two and a four and a six. The, the main reason I don't believe it. And again, I'm biased on this thing is that the 49ers in this this regime that they have, they don't leak. We didn't know that DeForest Bus, uh, Buckner was going to get traded. We didn't know that they were going to move up to number three. We didn't know that they were going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. But then you're going to make me believe that all this leakage is coming out of the 49ers. I just don't believe it for a minute. The other side of it says, well, why do they need to, to keep it a secret anymore? Because we know that Zach Wilson's going two. We've always known that Trevor Lawrence is going one. Think about it like this. If someone wants to get up to where they are and they're super incredibly desperate, the 49ers say to said team, uh, well, who is it that you want to pick? Well, we want to pick quarterback X. Well, that's not the quarterback we want. You could move back to four. You might be able to move back to five or six. One of those kind of things where you know for sure that one of those teams aren't going to move ahead of you. You can still try to get some of that draft capital back if you want to move back a space or two and you know that that's not the guy that you're going to pick. Personally speaking, I think it's going to be Trey Lance. He's done what they do in college. Mac Jones, the 49ers are under center as much as any team or more in the league. They run more play action than any team in the league. Trey Lance ran more play action than any of these quarterbacks by a mile. It's something like 30%. 
Mac Jones at Alabama was under center 11 times in his <laughs> entire career. Now, can he learn to do that? Yeah, he can learn to do that. Did he did it, do it in his pro day? Yeah, he did it in his pro day. But when people say you're taking a risk with Trey Lance or you're taking a risk with Justin Fields, you're not. You're still taking a, a, a chance with Mac Jones, who only has 17 career starts. I don't buy this philosophy that Mac Jones is a plug and play. He has four. He had four offensive linemen. They're going to play in the NFL. We all know the kind of weapons he had. Najee Harris, go on and on, and Waddle and and Devontae Smith. He had all those guys. I don't trust it. I don't think they moved up to three for it. And I think if they did move up to three, I think there'd be some mystery. I think they're feeding these guys. Remember, Adam Schefter and all these guys. They get it from agents. There's misinformation. It's lying season. I know you guys have talked all about this. And again, I'll say this. I don't want Mac Jones, so I'm trying to come up with philosophies. But to me, these philosophies actually make sense. Do you you take calls from 49ers fans all day? Is the sense yeah. you get that the fan base agrees with you that they don't want Mac Jones either? <laughs> you guys know as much as I do. You guys get a bunch of feedback. I mean, nobody wants Mac Jones. Now, part of that is beauty is in the eye of the beholder and we see justin uh fields throw this crazy pass i'm not even going to talk about zach wilson because he's not going to be there or trevor lawrence but we see uh, you know justin fields make this crazy pass against air by the way and i don't believe in pro days a whole heck of a lot but it was a heck of a throw and we see the type of things that trey lance can do physically and we fall in love with those guys and then we see mac jones have a beer belly because he, he's lifting up his shirt when he's wiping the sweat off himself during his pro day and he went, Oh my gosh, he has a beer belly. And so, you know, we think we don't want that guy. We don't want pocket passer guy. We want Kyler Murray running around. We want Russell Wilson running around. Cause that's what we see in the NFC West. And my gut tells me that Kyle Shanahan has seen Kyler Murray and seen Russell Wilson and passed on Patrick Mahomes and passed on Deshaun Watson and said, you know what? I'm not going to do that again. Now, do you have to play a certain way in Kyle's offense? Absolutely, positively. But I do think that's why they're going to keep Jimmy around. And at first, I didn't. But whomever it is is going to take time and need time. And I think that that's what's going to happen. But I, again, I just can't get past it. And maybe it's just pure aesthetics here. But I can't get past the fact that they moved all the way up to three for Mac Jones. I just can't buy it. You know, so you, you brought up Trey Lance, and that's who you think it is. One, let me let me uh, throw this out there. I don't know if you if you've heard this, but I saw it today actually. But Tom Brady was drafted before Trey Lance was born, <laughs> which is insane to me. <laughs> that kind of drives home the point of how much younger he is than other people in this class. So let me ask you, why do you think yeah. it is Trey Lance? Well, first of all, like you said, he's a redshirt sophomore. He's only got 17 starts. He didn't play against high level competition, but it was high enough. And it's the same school that produced Carson Wentz. Now you may say, no, I don't want Carson Wentz. Well, early Carson Wentz before the knee injury, you might like that guy. But look, I, you go back to the fact that he ran a pro style offense 30% of the time he was under center. He was very good in play action. These are the type of things that Kyle Shanahan covets from his quarterback. And I want to get into two with you guys, if you have time, I don't want to dictate this, but after this philosophy that Kyle has a type of quarterback is inaccurate, but to me, Trey Lance has proven to Kyle Shanahan he can do all these kind of things despite the fact that he is inexperienced. 17 starts, only the one game last year in which he threw his first career interception. But to me, with his mobility, with his size, one of the guys that Kyle Shanahan, I know for a fact, absolutely loves of these new brand of quarterbacks is Josh Allen. The closest thing in this draft to Josh Allen is Trey Lance. That's, that's the guy. To me, 
Fields is really impressive, but I think in Kyle's offense, he would have a long way to go. Again, it could be Mac Jones. It absolutely could be Mac Jones, but he hasn't been under center. He hasn't run a lot of play action. I think that Trey Lance is, is the great mystery. And the reason why they're allowing all this Mac Jones talk to happen or even perpetuating some of the Mac Jones talk to happen is because they don't want anything to happen in terms of getting up because look, the jets probably aren't going to trade that pick, but if somebody gives them something crazy and they can move back with Atlanta at four or whatever the case may be, it's always in your best interest to not tell people what you're doing. So look, I think Lance is the pick. He makes a lot of sense. He's very, very young. None of these guys are perfect, but I think that Kyle Shanahan is looking around the league and wants the added dimension of mobility along with seeing that he has done the type of things Kyle wants in college. So you mentioned, you know, the idea that, that Kyle has a type and he mentioned it in the press conference with John Lynch. He kind of pushed back against the idea by saying, Hey, I only got to coach Kirk cousins for three starts, but then in pretty much the same sentence in that press conference, he waxed poetically about how much he likes Kirk cousins, yeah. which by the way is actually tampering, but the NFL doesn't seem to care about that, but I thought it was interesting that Kyle himself was pushing back against the idea that, oh, he just likes the stationary pocket passer. Well, here's the thing. It, this is the first quarterback that Kyle and Kyle is the final decision maker, as everybody has said, but it, it, as that Kyle will choose. If you go back to Washington, for example, his dad was in charge and Dan Snyder took Robert, uh, Robert Griffin, the third second, he wanted him. He fell in love with him. That's why they went back and they took Kirk cousins in the fourth round. Now Kyle had some say in that, but Mike Shanahan was the decision maker there. And that's who he took Matt Shabby inherited Matt Ryan. He inherited and Jimmy Garoppolo was basically new England saying, do you want Brian Hoyer as your quarterback or do you want Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback? So he didn't choose Jimmy Garoppolo. He even said he had to go back in that 10 minutes that they gave the 49ers and look at him and said, he's obviously better than Brian Hoyer. Let's do this. So people get confused at that. He chose Jimmy Garoppolo. He didn't, he didn't choose Matt Schaub. He didn't choose Matt Ryan. He didn't really even choose uh, uh, Kirk cousins and he didn't choose Robert Griffin, the third. So what kind of quarterback does he like? Now I know what type of things he likes to do, but this is the first opportunity that he has truly had to choose a quarterback and knowing how smart Kyle is, I cannot believe that he does not want he doesn't want to add the dimension of mobility to his attack. He sees it with Kyler Murray, who is obviously not perfect, but he gives the 49ers defense a lot of trouble. Goes without saying that Russell Wilson in his own division gives them a lot of trouble. Goes without saying in the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes' ability to move around and throw off uh, off plays gave him a lot of trouble. He's seen it up close and personal and it's broken his heart a ton of times. Now, look, they got beat by Brady in the Super Bowl, No doubt. He loves Kirk cousins, no doubt, but he doesn't have a type. I don't believe that. Now I think the whole thing with his not liking mobile quarterbacks comes from Robert Griffin. I think it's misplaced because what he didn't like about Robert Griffin, I don't think was his mobility. It was the fact that we have all heard and pretty much been confirmed at this point that Robert Griffin didn't study, didn't do film and was pretty much full of himself. I mean, he let that rookie year go yep. go into his mind. And I think that's what Kyle disliked. And that's the risk with any rookie quarterback. You don't know how they're going to react. You don't really know their mentality. Because, you know, I, I've told Rob a couple of times over the last couple of weeks that you can ask any coach or teammate, what's this guy really like? And they're going to tell you, oh, he's great. Because it's in their best interest to talk up their own guy. You're not going to get an honest answer out of anybody. No 
But to bring it back to Mac Jones, I wanted to ask you, what do you think your reaction will be if it does end up being Mac Jones? Are you going to be disappointed? Are you going to be angry? Or are you going to be kind of more trusting of, okay, then Kyle must have seen something. I'll give you a great story in that. I'm glad. Yeah. So we, other than last year, for obvious reasons during the pandemic, we, we weren't broadcasting from their facility, but what we do is there's three of us. Greg pop is in there. The voice of the 49ers, Larry Kruger, who is the most draft obsessed person I've ever seen in my life. Um, and so we're at the facility and they put us in a room. It's beautiful. They put us in the room right next to the draft room. And so what happens is what it, it's it, big screens, they bring in stakes. I mean, they couldn't treat us better. Right. So when we're in there, when, after they make the pick, John and Kyle come in. So I have no choice but to go, great pick. Love Mac Jones. Like, I, I don't love Mac Jones, but they're right in front of me. So I can't, there's nothing I'll be able to say. I won't say, you know, I hate the pick. I will ask him, why Mac Jones over these other guys? Did you think that, that uh, by moving up to three with their other teams that obviously love this guy? I mean, I can't show the outward emotion of a fan. Last year, I was just in my house and I could have thrown things. I mean, I, you know, real. this is how fandom works. And you guys know this. This is how fandom works. You hate a guy. You hate a guy. You hate a guy. You hate a guy. He's on your team. You love a guy. And that's just how it's going to work. You, you have to, because to be honest, I mean, let's, this is obvious. Kyle knows a heck of a lot more about quarterbacks than I do. He knows what fits his system. So if he, if he absolutely, if he picks Mac Jones, then I'll give him the benefit of the doubt until I can't anymore. But I, I just think that again, the, the, side where he gets mobility and all these different things. And I think these quarterbacks in time can do the things Mac Jones can do and they can add the mobility, but I can't do anything because they're going to walk in like five minutes after the pick. They're going to give, they, they're very nice to us. We can't break it, but they tell us who's going to be picked. And then, so we can kind of digest it. We can get the information of that guy and then they'll come in and they're going to sit down next to us. They've made it really easy because they were, they were at 12. I was looking at like 25 guys. Now they're at three. I'm looking at two or three guys, but a long winded way to answer your question. I have to be a big, I have to put a big fake smile on my face, regardless of who they pick and say, great pick guys, way to go. You know, cause I'm in the facility. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing else I can do. Two questions for you. One really quick one. I'm, I, you just glossed over it, but I've been fixated on it oh. since you said it. What kind of steak are you getting from the 49ers? Oh, they're so nice. So they bring in, obviously, for the draft. Now, I don't know that I'm getting, like, the the filet that those guys are getting in the draft room. I mean, they're getting, you know, they're getting the good stuff. But every time we go there, it's like going to a high-end restaurant, and they, they wheel this cart in, right? And then it's got a whatever that thing is, the warming plate, and you open up the, you know, you open the thing, and it's made of nice silver, and you look in there, and there's a steak, and there's vegetables, and everything like that. I mean, I'm embarrassed. I'm like, you, get, you guys got a doggy bag? They'll bring in dessert. There's coffee. I mean, it's a nice setup. So, you know, they're going to feed me. I mean, you know how media works. It's really easy. If you feed us, we'll say whatever you want. I mean, yep. we'll get real angry and mad and we'll write things and say things. And then they go, Hey, you got a free meal here. I mean, we'll, we'll just trample everybody to get to a free meal, let alone like steak. Like I used to cover the Raiders years ago. They'd give you like green hot dogs and we were happy for that. <laughs> let alone when you give me a steak. So you think I'm going to turn to Mac Jones. Great pick. This steak is awesome. But, you know, I don't know. It's really good. Much better than I could ever make. It's like they have chefs. They're bringing them in there. It's nice. That is outstanding. Are you close enough to the draft room to, like, hear arguments and discussions or no? 
No, I wish I was so I could yell, "Don't take Mac Jones!" But no, they they don't they don't let us that close. But it is pretty cool because I guess I could because when you walk out of where we broadcast from, you do walk by the draft room and then to get to the bathroom. So I guess at that real opportune moment, I could try to do something like that. And then when I if I see like the card or hear them high fiving or and and some kind of get a whiff that it's Mac Jones, maybe I could break in there. But then that would probably be the be the end of any type of 49ers uh things that i do that's probably it and i would be escorted uh from the premises rather quickly but that's happened to me before it's not new that sounds like a story i don't know if you want to get into yeah. it but that sounds yeah. like a story in and of yeah. itself <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's, it is it's a long time ago i've matured much much since then <laughs> <laughs> so you hinted when you first started uh when we got into all this yeah. quarterback stuff that this is a decision that could cost people their jobs including <laughs> even potentially kyle so regardless of who the pick is whether it's lance fields or jones if it doesn't go well and let's say they have a bad rookie season how quick do you think the tide starts to turn where the criticism turns towards the coach for making that pick well i mean you guys know what this market is like i mean as far as you know we're not philly we're not new york we're not chicago we're not even dallas probably in terms of you know putting the pressure on and everybody loves kyle and everybody loves John, but here's the facts. They had the one Super Bowl run. Now I think if they get healthy, they're going to be right back in there, but they had the one Super Bowl run. And this is like, you know, a four and 12, six and 10, six and 10. If you, because this is the type of move you have to go to the owner about. And Jed York's a good guy and he's, he'll let these guys do what they want. He knows what he doesn't know. And so he lets them run the football operations. But when you go to the owner and this is what you do when you make this magnitude of a trade. And you say, look, we're going to give up three number ones and a number three because we want quarterback X. Or, hey, there's a couple of quarterbacks X and Y that we really, really like. Can we do this? And Jed says, you know what? You guys run the operations. That's good. But the reality of the situation is as much as you love Kyle and as much as you love John, if you make the wrong decision here, and let's just say worst case scenario happens, you pick the wrong guy because – Everybody's so ecstatic, and everybody does this. When Gruden did the draft, Mel Kuyper, for the most part, Todd McShay, who's way too tan for this whole thing. But anyway, that's a whole other story. But, uh, but you know, if you miss, then that's it. You're get, One of these guys is really going to hit it. One of these guys is going to be okay. And two are going to go down in flames. That's just what the percentages are. I think the first-round quarterbacks in the last, I don't know, what it is, five or ten drafts that are taken in the top ten – have a 42% success rate. And by that, I mean, they get a second contract. We've seen how many quarter Sam Darnold was a third overall pick. He's gone. Jared Goff was a first pick. He's gone. Teams don't have patience for these guys. They move on and get a new quarterback as quickly as they possibly can. You can keep a Brady around and a Matt Ryan, but if you're not going to be successful right out of the gate, you're gone. So the percentages actually are against, I'm sorry to say this, the 49ers in picking the, the right guy here. But of these four or five quarterbacks that are going to go probably in the first 10 picks, chances are you're going to miss. And if you miss at the bottom, like let's go back to, I think it was 99 the last time the first three were quarterbacks. Uh, it was Tim Couch. Uh, it was uh, Donovan McNabb. Okay, that one worked. And it was, oh, my God, Achilles Smith. That's the last time three went in a row. Two of the three absolutely stunk. And Donovan McNabb was really good. That's what's going to happen here. So if you're sitting at three and you get the wrong guy and everybody says Trevor Lawrence is as close as we've gotten to Andrew Luck. I know Luck retired early, but he was really good. So, okay, we're going to say Trevor Lawrence is going to work. 
Okay, does Zach Wilson, well, he was fighting for his job up until his senior year. Is Mac Jones, well, Mac Jones, they weren't sure he was going to be the starter before his last year. Uh, Trey Lance hasn't played against the competition. And put in also into, into perspective here, we didn't have a combine. They had a short season. These guys, most for the most part, outside of Trevor Lawrence, who has 36 career starts, these guys are inexperienced. As I said, Trey Lance and Zach Wilson didn't play against anybody. So this is a crapshoot draft with no combine. No, You didn't get to see these guys in person. You usually get 30 visits, no visits. The only thing you get is you get a pro day, and then you get a bunch of Zoom. That's it. That's, that's all you get from these guys. So it's the riskiest time to move up from 12 to three to take a quarterback. And this is the riskiest group of, of, of prospects outside of Trevor Lawrence. So you better get it right. And if they don't, again, long-winded way to answer your question, if they don't, yeah, they're going to be on the hot seat and they should be. These are the two things I'm, I'm telling myself to make me feel better about whoever they pick, especially if it's Mac Jones. First, if you go back and look in the last 10 years or so, in basically every year except the Cam Newton year in 2011, the first quarterback picked has not been the best quarterback from that class. So that's working in the 49ers favor. And then in terms of the multiple quarterbacks in one class, you're right. A lot of times there aren't that many good ones, but my theory is that the 49ers do not have to find the best quarterback in this class. Look at Eli Manning in his year when he came out with Ben Roethlisberger and Phillip rivers. I think he's the third quarterback in that group, but yet he has two super bowls. So I'm telling myself that the 49ers don't have to pick the best guy necessarily. They just have to find a guy that's been better than what they've had. I would agree with that. It, it, there, there is pressure. And I guess that's what I'm saying is you just can't bomb here. You can't get Achilles Smith. You can't get the Tim couch. You can't get what has been Sam Darnold so far. Like you can't Mitch Trubisky is the perfect example. Trubisky goes to, we all know about the trade the 49ers did. And then there you are. And you missed on Mahomes and you missed on Watson. That gets you fired. And, and and I don't care if you're in Chicago or San Francisco or anywhere in the NFL and how good a relationship you have with your owner, that's going to get you fired. I agree with you. If it's Mac Jones and he stays healthy and he's solid and the 49ers are contenders for a long time, then it'll be seen as a successful trade. But one of these guys is going to hit it big. Now, Trevor Lawrence may be because he's got the 36 starts and he's done everything right. But you hit it right on the head. A lot of times, even if it's the, oh, my gosh, this guy's the number one guy, it always hasn't been that way. I mean, you go back and go back to golf and all these different guys who are taking it one for all the guys who are, are, are luck and Elway and the, and the right number one call. There's it's littered with, geez, they took Brady at 199 or they took Favre in the second round or, you know, you can keep going all in all. You're t- the draft that you're talking about. You know, Cam Newton went one. There's a bunch of quarterbacks who bombed right behind him. And then you go into the second round and whatever people think of Kaepernick, whatever they think of Dalton, at least those guys had solid NFL careers versus, you know, a Jake Locker or a Blaine Gabbard or other guys that were taken in that range. So, look, quarterback is a crapshoot. Everybody wants to think that they're going to pick the right guy. And I trust Kyle Shanahan. There's no doubt. I trust John Lynch. I trust this front office. A lot of people don't. But having said that, this is the same front office that passed on Patrick Mahomes, who's the best quarterback of our generation. And so we sit there and we say, okay, I couldn't pick out Patrick Mahomes, but what were you thinking? Like, he's that good. But again, same thing. There were question marks. They ran a crazy offense. There hadn't been a real successful quarterback from that offense. He was erratic with the ball. He didn't, he didn't really 
what you want to do in Kyle's offense is, is you want to maximize plays, but you don't want to turn it over. So I think Patrick Holmes might have scared him. But if you go to the other side, and I've heard some of this too, okay, they don't know how to, have, how to pick out quarterbacks. I can't really go against him on that because Jimmy's been successful. He brought him to a Super Bowl, but they're moving on from him a couple of years later. They passed him to Holmes and Watson. Uh, you know, they don't have a track record yet of being able to pick the right guy because Jimmy's great, but he wasn't the 10-year guy that we thought we were going to get when he went 5-0 and the first year that they acquired him. You know, you, you brought up Jimmy, and I, I was going to transition away from the rookies anyway, so I guess this is the best time to do it. I wanted to ask you, one, do you think that they actually hang on to Jimmy at least for a while to see what the rookie's like once they get him? And two, do you think they should, or would you be moving Jimmy right now? At first, I just thought this is crazy and they're not going to move him and this is leverage. And people have to understand this too, regardless. It, it, it gets reported all the time. The team said this, this team said that. Look, they say that all the time. And what you're talking about is 100% right. It's leverage. What are they going to do? Say Jimmy stinks and we can't wait to move him? Great. Here's a, here's a seventh round pick. I mean, that's what happens. Teams say things. They're going to say in that, in that press conference that we mentioned a little bit earlier, of course they're going to say they love Jimmy but they went so overboard in their love for Jimmy. I think what they're trying to do is mentally, because look, they called him and he said, are you serious? He wasn't happy with it. But, but what they want to do is they want to make Jimmy happy. Kyle said in that press conference, a mad Jimmy's a good Jimmy, which he's 100% right. So they need Jimmy this year because if it's Mac Jones, even though I don't want him, it's 17 starts. If it's Trey Lance, it's 17 starts. If it's uh, Justin Fields, it's 22 starts. Uh, if it's it's not going to be Zach Wilson, but it's 27 starts. And last year, he didn't play anybody. I mean, it, it was every single week. I thought guys were coming from the stands to play against him. Look, I think Zach Wilson is extremely talented, but he's not the slam dunk that everybody's making him out to be. And New York's not an easy place to play. And they still don't have any offensive talent on that team. So that's going to be a tough thing for him. But it's it's definitely, and this offense, by the way, takes time Matt Ryan in the second year Matt Schaub in the second year these guys got it the second year so look they want to be competitive still they know they've made it to one Super Bowl and they've had a bunch of subpar seasons other than that so they want Jimmy and they want the the quarterback whoever it is to learn the offense having said that though as you just pointed out there one of the things that made me nervous was were they just going to have zoom off season or were they going to be able to get on the field they're going to be able to get on the field so even though you'd like to trade Jimmy before everybody kind of has their situation set at quarterback if they wait and let's say that the kid comes in kind of like Russell Wilson did a couple you know what I was gonna say a couple years ago like 10 years ago uh against you know when Matt Flynn was the guy if that guy comes in and he clearly has it then they could trade Jimmy at that point see that's 11 trying to I gotta I gotta interject here stats because our listeners can't see you, but I was watching you during that answer, and I was watching you grimace and shift and struggle because he's talking as if Jimmy should be kept, and <laughs> I know your opinion on it, and I saw you sitting there struggling with it. Well, I, look, if, if it was me, and you know, I, I would have screwed this whole thing up by now, and I would have already been fired, but if it was me, I, I would trade Jimmy because here's the thing. The average rookie quarterback over the last 10 years starts 12 games, his rookie season at some point. And again, we're, we're, we're laid back here. You know, if we don't like what happened, we'll go drink some wine or we'll go to the beach or we'll, we'll go find something to do. It's not like in the Midwest or the East where it's freezing cold. I'm stuck in my house. And all I want to do is scream about how bad my team is and let's change quarterbacks. But to me, Jimmy Garoppolo can get you draft capital back. We're going to start complaining if Jimmy doesn't play well. 
Jimmy is injury prone. If Jimmy blows a knee again or has a major injury, then the asset goes down the tubes. I, look, he's not at a high point in terms of selling him, but because he's a competent quarterback and the Bears are desperate, I don't care. Dalton's not a starting quarterback in this league. New England is desperate. I don't buy for a second that they don't want Jimmy Garoppolo back. Washington's not getting through a season with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He has his moments, but they need a quarterback. There are enough teams in this league who are not in a position to draft a quarterback who have, I'm sure, called the 49ers and offered them at least something decent. If Darnold, and I know Darnold's young, but remember, Darnold is team-friendly this year, and then next year you got to pay him $25 bucks. Well, Jimmy's already making that. I get it. But he's taking a team to a Super Bowl. So there's three or four teams out there who I'm sure have called the – 49ers and said, look, if, if Darnold's worth a two, four and a six, Jimmy to me is worth a three and a five. So you can get some draft capital back. It allows you to move around the draft for needs because they do have needs beyond quarterback. But I know that that's what we're focused on. Look, the kid's got to come in and play. The kid is going to come in and play because every single time and everybody keeps bringing up Alex Smith. Jimmy is not Alex Smith. He's 29 years old. He's not established in this league. He already sat behind Tom Brady Jimmy's a super nice guy. I can tell you firsthand, but he's incredibly competitive. He is not going to just be a mentor. Take my job. What else would you like to know? (laughs) Let me tell you where the great restaurants are. This is where you should live. Alex Smith was already established. A lot of these older quarterbacks, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he even got mad last year when he got benched. Hey, Ryan, they took two. What did they take him? Third. He's going to be the quarterback. And he was angry. Jimmy Garoppolo has not established himself to what he wants to be in this league. He's not going to be a mentor. I don't, I don't see it working like Alex Smith. It's convenient. And yes, Mahomes set out that, that entire year, except for that last game. But other than that, guys come in and they play. So you're going to have a $25 million backup, maybe five games into the season when you could have traded him around draft time and probably got some draft capital. Look, go out and get Garner Minshew. Go out and talk to, talk to Carolina about Teddy Bridgewater, whatever the case may be, go get a veteran quarterback to put behind this kid, but a $25 million guy, that doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't think Jimmy's going to be real happy about it. See Levin, he agrees with me. I've been saying it, John, get rid of this guy. What must be, what must be done eventually must be done immediately. It makes no sense to keep him. You save money. If you get rid of him. You already said you don't want him. You don't give up all those picks to get a quarterback and then not play the quarterback. And by the way, if sitting was such a guarantee of success, how come Jimmy Garoppolo's not better? He sat behind Tom Brady forever. It drives me crazy. Get rid of him. I don't care if you get a seventh round pick. Whatever you get is gravy. It is a new era. We got to turn the page. There is no reason to keep Jimmy because even if you keep him, like you said, he could get hurt in week two again. So there's no benefit to keeping him. It drives me nuts. Well, and here, here's the thing, too, is it, and you said it right on. And I was laughing through the press conference. And I'm not saying the 49ers brass lied. They didn't. But they didn't exactly tell the truth because the entire offseason, it was Jimmy's our guy. Jimmy's our guy. Jimmy's our guy. Three number ones and a three. Like if my, I don't know how to equate that to my marriage, but if my wife in some way was like, yeah, I really love you. Three number ones and a three. That's like having, you know, the football team over. I love you, but I really like these guys. Look how, boy, they're in really good shape. And, you know, I love you and everything, but, you know, we're going to get out of here. I mean, it's just, I I hope my wife doesn't hear this. That wasn't the best comparison. I'm going to get divorced. 
but the, the, the whole thing is, is you're exactly right. Look, they can sit there and say, we love you. We love you. We love you. And he's going to come in and George Kittle can say they love him in the locker room. But here's the thing. He's temporary now. He can't be the leader that he was. He can't be the voice that he was. All these people say that part of the reason Jimmy's so great is Jimmy's a great leader. Jimmy's a great teammate. Well, you all know is you're, you're looking right behind him. You're temporary, man. You're the substitute teacher. It doesn't generally make for good when you have that in your locker room. Again, I think Jimmy's a good guy. I think Jimmy will play along, but he also knows that he's not long for this team. And that's not really a great situation to be in. And also guys come in because the concept of college football are more than they've ever been in the NFL. Joe Burrow came in before his knee injury. He's great. Justin Herbert, who I watched a ton in Oregon and didn't think he could come in like that. He was great. Tua struggled. Why? Because as an athlete, am I going to get pulled? Am I going to get pulled? Ryan Fitzpatrick's right behind him, just like it's going to be for the 49ers. If I make a mistake, am I getting pulled? Don't think for a second that that's not going to be the back of Jimmy's mind as well as the rookie. And if they start playing quarterback chess, you're in, you're out, this move, that move. There's no way that that's going to work out well. Uh, Look, I understand the philosophy. And in a perfect world, have Jimmy there. Most of these guys that they could potentially pick, even Mac Jones, are inexperienced. Let's, it's a tough offense to learn. Let's let him sit for a year. But you know what? These are smart quarterbacks. They've learned before. Most young quarterbacks come in and are at least efficient. And I know that there's pressure for them to win, even if we don't think there is. They don't want to go through another 6-10 and 10 or 4-12. and 12. But I, I, I would be surprised because, again, they keep saying it so people believe it. He's staying, he's staying, he's staying until he's not. The Jets said the same thing. Hey, we love Sam Darnold. Two, two and a four and a six. See ya. You're in blue. This is what they have to say. That they have to say they love guys until they trade them and then they don't. All right. So obviously, quarterbacks are the biggest topic. But there's more. Are you against that? Are you are you against? Are you for the for or against the Jimmy move? Neither. You want to keep them? <laughs> I am the fence sitter, as I guess I have said. I would, if I was in the Niners' shoes, I would probably move him. But I don't have a problem keeping him either. Like, I'm kind of either or. And I've told Rob, like, just because you don't trade him at draft time doesn't mean you can't trade him later. You're, you're probably not going to get as much. And future picks are never as valuable as current year picks. But the Niners don't have a whole lot of holes. And they still have draft picks. Like, they don't necessarily need yeah. draft picks this year. So I'm not against keeping him. Well, here's the, here's the other thing, too. And it, it, the thing that makes it tough, though, is salary is so high. But what could also happen is a guy could get hurt and then there's Jimmy Garoppolo sitting there and New England. Look, does anybody believe that Cam Newton is going to be good? He's not good. He's in, He's been hurt so much and his guarantee is only $3.5 million. Now, look, if a quarterback slips to Bill Belichick, it could be Davis Mills of Stanford. It could be, you know, they keep talking about Kellen Mond, any of these young guys. Look, you don't have to get your quarterback, as we've discussed, in the first round. So maybe Belichick likes somebody. Maybe he gets him in the second round. Could but be if, Mac Jones if, at 15. Right. It could. It, who knows? This could all be a bunch of smoke, and he rolls to 15. But I don't believe that Cam Newton is the answer. He saw enough of that last year. The guarantee is only $3.5 million. If all this happens and then Kyle sees this quarter, this young quarterback, wherever it is they take in camp, and he's picking things up, then they still could move Jimmy Garoppolo to New England, and they get 2022 picks, which, again, they're still missing their first round, their first round of this year. So you get draft capital in a draft that you're a little bit short. So they could do that. When it comes to the decision-making, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much influence does Mike Shanahan have? Because my hope is that his experience with Elway and Young 
if Kyle is set on Mac Jones, I'm hoping that Mike is one of the only people that could maybe <laughs> turn him around because he knows what it's like to have a guy that can run and throw. Well, and, and you hit it on the head and people don't think of Elway like that. And I'm look, I'm not a proponent of a guy running all over the place. I'm not a huge Kyler Murray fan. He's got to be able to throw from the pocket at some point. But I like the movement skills. Like you said, Patrick Mahomes is not a runner. Patrick Mahomes is a mover. And then he moves so much that you can't stick to the receivers forever. And he's got to, he, just, he drills it in there. And that's what Elway did. So I agree with you. But to answer your question, I think he has a great amount of influence. The one thing I will say is that even from day one, when Kyle Shanahan got uh, hired as coach of the 49ers, he did not want to talk about his dad because he wanted this thing to be on his own. But now that he's kind of established in this, we all do this. We get a little bit older. We're comfortable. We've proven what we are. He, he can bring his dad in this a little bit more. And from what I understand, he is a part of this. Now, again, this is Kyle's game, and Kyle's going to make the final decision on this. But Mike, absolutely Mike Shanahan is looking at this tape and saying, Kyle, did you see this? Did you see this? He's an influence in Kyle's ear. There's no question about it. He might be a bigger, uh, bigger influence in his ear than what John Lynch is. And I'm not downplaying John Lynch's role, but as you said, when it comes to a, the quarterback position, uh, Mike Shanahan knows what he's doing and knows what he's talking about. Uh, uh, Steve Young, Joe Montana, John Elway, go down the line. He's coached those guys. He knows what he's doing. You know, I was going to ask you who has more influence, uh, Mike Shanahan or John Lynch, but let me flip it because you kind of touched on it a little bit. Who has more influence on this quarterback decision with Kyle, John Lynch or Adam Peters? Boy, that's a great question. I, I, I still – I would imagine it's Lynch, but I do know this, that it is a collaborative effort. But that's when we're talking about a corner. Well, John played defensive back, so I think they would defer to him. I just think that this is such a big decision. It goes up to ownership, and I do think it's going to be a collaborative effort. But when I can't remember who wrote the article or said it, I think it was Mike Lombardi was the one who said it. I think Mike Silver said it as well. But look, this is Kyle's decision at the end of the day. He's going to take into account, and I know a few scouts into the league, in the league, look, they take into account what you think, what you write, but they know at the end of the day, this is going to fall on them. And this decision is Kyle's. Now, again, I think that John Lynch has a voice. I know that Adam Peters has a voice. I know that Mike Shanahan has a voice, but they're all going to weigh in. And then Kyle Shanahan is ultimately going to decide who his quarterback's going to be. He's not going to ignore those other guys. But right now, I would be surprised if he didn't know who he was going to pick. And I know today it was announced that they're going to go down and they're going to watch Justin Fields throw. But again, again, guys, he's throwing against air. He has studied these quarterbacks. He has watched all the film. He, is, he has talked to all these guys. He knows Justin Fields all the way back to his junior year. Nothing that Justin Fields did or will do is going to surprise Kyle Shanahan. These guys make the majority of their decisions, as do all good personnel guys, based on the tape, based on discussions. They put very little into a pro day. And that's the teams that do that, and it's kind of like the combine. The teams that put a lot into a guy, the underwear Olympics, and a guy running around in underwear, and a guy throwing against air – the teams who do that fail again and again and again. Beyond the quarterback, which I know is tough because that's it's a big decision as we've talked about. But there are you a couple. Dare be away from the quarterback? I know, like there is a draft beyond round one, and the 49ers have picks. Yes. I think that they got to get another corner, and they need another wide receiver because I don't love their receivers that they have right now, especially because only two of them are under contract after this year. Do you think? 
those are the two biggest needs as well, or would you look somewhere else? Yeah, I think corner, it's still, a, I, I like Jason Verrett. He's still injury prone. I like Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, I like K1 Williams, but here's the thing all three of those guys have in common. They're on one-year contracts. And what happens in that situation, like you said, I don't want to bring in two rookies next year. I want to bring in, number one, a corner with size. And this is a deep corner draft, all the draft experts say. So, you know, at 12, I would have thought if they'd have stayed there that, you know, there was a number of guys that they, you know, Sertan from Alabama was a guy. Farley from Virginia Tech was a guy. I mean, we can name all the names. J.C. Horn from South Carolina is a guy. They're not going to see any of those guys in the second round. But there's still a... 49ers style corner and they call it the Seattle corner with, you know, six foot two and has a 33 inch arms and all those kind of things. They can get one of those guys. They need one of those guys because this is a division that just got better. AJ green came to the division and DK and, and all the different guys that you have in this division. So you've got to get a bigger corner. And I like the guys that they have, but they have very little depth at the corner position. They have very little size at the corner position. They got to go there. I agree with you 100%. They need a third receiver. As good as Debo Samuel is, Debo Samuel doesn't really give you the route tree that you need from a receiver. He's basically a running back playing wide receiver. Uh, Brandon Ayuk's going to stay healthy, but I think he's good. But who plays in the slot for this team? Who, who replaces Kendrick Bourne on this team? They need a receiver. And you know what? It, Najee Harris said this the other day. He thought that if they stayed at 12, they would go, go with him. I like Mostert, but again, it's like going back to Jimmy. You got to stay healthy. Kyle Shanahan's offense is based on the run game and play action and if you don't have a big time threat in the backfield then this offense doesn't work as well I like Mostert but he doesn't stay healthy so if somebody if they get a running back who would slip into the second round I, I wouldn't mind seeing one of those guys either so they for a team that's as good as they are and we all think that hey if they're just healthy they're going to be really good they do have some needs that they need to address in the second third they've got to have a good draft here so obviously it's not all draft potentially there are some veterans out there and let me specifically ask about one because i saw he's kind of made the media rounds a little bit he was on uh, a podcast earlier and he actually talked a little bit about the niners specifically jimmy who's still technically niners as of now but let me ask you if you think there's any chance whatsoever at this point that richard sherman returns that's a you know that's a great question because i thought about this this morning because i look i didn't think uh Jaquaski Tart had any chance of returning to the 49ers and he returned and everybody returned. Richard Sherman would seem to fit on a team like the Raiders who has young corners who would need something, but nothing's happened there. And speaking of, we were talking a little bit earlier about tampering. My God, John Gruden tampered as bad as you can. And he, he didn't get a fine from that. Green Bay would, Green Bay would seem to make sense, but they re-signed Kevin King. New Orleans had been talked about, but nothing seems to come from there. Look, Richard Sherman has slipped. There's no question about it, but on a one-year deal, a motivated and maybe healthier Richard Sherman still has something left. So I wouldn't shut the door on it. Now, having said that, I think Richard Sherman could make more money and be the best NFL commentator out there. He could do games. He could do studio. And what are the 49ers going to offer him? Three or $4 million? I think he can make that on TV. I think he'd be better than Tony Romo right now in the booth. And everybody loves Tony Romo. I think he'd be better than anybody in the NFL right now in the studio. So I think that if Richard Sherman doesn't get the right offer, why would you beat up your body anymore? You're already in the Hall of Fame. You've already accomplished everything you need to accomplish. I think he could go be a TV commentator. Having said that, I don't think he's done with his career, and I wouldn't dismiss it. Now, I, I think he might be. He could go up to Seattle too, and I'd love to have that conversation because then it'd be okay. Richard goes Seattle hated, 49ers loved. 
back to Seattle hated, how would you remember Richard Sherman? I don't think that's going to happen. But didn't, again, to add to your question, I don't think the door is shut on anybody with the 49ers because they want to make a run at this thing. It's really the only reason that they would keep Jimmy Garoppolo around because they don't want to be six and 10 or four and 12. So if Richard Sherman said, look, I'll take X amount. And this happens all the time in the league. If you'll come back at my number, then you can come back. And that's really what it would take is here's our number. We're not going to go above it. If you want to come back, go right ahead. You know, this is completely kind of off the ball question, but you made me think about it when you were talking about Richard Sherman kind of just saying, you know what I'm done. Do you think he goes to be a commentator or do you think he tries to do something a little different, like try to get in the front office like John Lynch or become an NFL agent? Because we've seen him negotiate his own contract and talk about how players should be doing that. Well, he's a Stanford guy, so, so supposedly he's really, really smart. So I think he could do any of those things. Um, you know, in, in the podcast, he has, he has said that he wants the 49ers to take Justin Fields. He seems to know a lot of things. When you sit down with Richard Sherman, I don't know if you guys have. I mean, the guy is just spot on brilliant. He knows everything. He's really smart. He's not going to coach because there's there's too many hours in coaching. There's just no way. He's He's got too much money to be a coach. But I think he could be a front office guy. I think. It, honestly, just selfishly speaking, it would be a shame if he wasn't a commentator because he knows the game so well, but he can relate it. He's funny. He's edgy. I mean, he's the guy to me who could be the next star. And I think that whether it was a network, whether it was, I mean, look, they threw Jason Witten on Monday Night Football, Jason Witten or Richard Sherman. I mean, it's a no brainer, right? And these guys are making, I mean, what's Tony Romo making for doing, what, 16 games, a little bit of playoff, a little bit of Super Bowl? I mean, what, didn't they, didn't they pay him like $18 million? But if I'm Richard Sherman, right now I'm saying, let's start a bidding war. Because if, if, if Tony Romo's worth $18 million, isn't Richard Sherman at least worth like 10? And he's not getting that on the football field. He's not, and then that way he's not beating up his body. Jeopardy still needs a host as of now. <laughs> I think he could do Jeopardy. <laughs> I mean, I saw Aaron Rodgers do Jeopardy, and he's—I mean, I'm not saying he's bad, but I, now that you make me think about it, I think Richard Sherman would be a better Jeopardy host than Aaron Rodgers. All right, last question for me, and this is way too early, but I'm going to put you on the spot anyway because I saw that the win totals came out this week. Yeah, and the 49ers' win total was ten and a half, which I have been saying that they could they could get right back to the Super Bowl if they pick a rookie quarterback, even if he's not amazing. I think they can still get to the Super Bowl. People say I'm crazy. Ten and a half wins for the Niners. You going over or under? I got to go under and that's a lot of wins, 10 and a half. So to, to get to win that, I mean, I'm being obvious and math is not normally my suit, but I'm going to say the obvious and then everyone's going to scream and yell and go, what a dope. You got to win 11 games to win that. So are they going to go 11 and five? I mean, everything went right two years ago. Everything went right. Uh, And they won 13. Uh, I like this team. And I think when they are healthy that they put them up against anybody in the NFC and I think that they're going to contend. But, man, 11 wins, that's a lot. That's a ton. In this division, too, I think that's the big part of it for yeah. me is the division. Yeah, you're, you're right. This is the toughest division in football, bar none. The Rams got a lot better to me. I, I don't buy any of this stuff with Stafford. I, I lived and worked in Detroit. That 
franchise is cursed. I don't care. They're just cursed. And so I think Stafford's going to make the Rams a lot better. The Rams lost some guys out of their secondary, but they had the best defense in football. I think Arizona improved themselves as much as anybody in the offseason. And I know that J.J. Watt's not going to be J.J. Watt of the past or A.J. Green, but those are some solid veteran additions for those guys. Kyler Murray's got to be a lot better. And Seattle, Seattle. Like, I, I think in that same, Rob, I think in that same over-under, I think I saw, what was Seattle, like nine wins, seven wins, whatever. Underestimate Seattle at your own peril. And I'm not a Seattle fan. I'm not a Pete Carroll fan. But they, every single year you look at the standings and go, damn, Seattle won 10 games again. I mean, that's just what Seattle does. And if they're going to have fans back, then they're going to have their home field advantage back. And that makes it a tough place to win again. So, yeah, you're playing in the toughest division in football, and you got to win 11 games to win that bet. I'll, I'll tell you this, Rob. If, if, you're betting the, if you're betting the over on it, I'll ask you a question back. How much are you betting? Because that would tell me – because everybody throws stuff out. And it's like, okay, throw 100 on it. Throw 1,000 on it. Like, what would you bet on the over? Like, how confident would you be? Well, I don't know. I'd throw a ton of money. <laughs> I'm not putting a mortgage on it. I, you know, I'd put a couple hundred bucks on it, I think. I, okay. I feel pretty right. good. They, you know, they got the extra games. I don't think a couple hundred bucks would hurt you. I know how you roll, but it, like a couple hundred, like if that would hurt you, then I just, I don't know because it's all relative, right? Like a couple hundred bucks would hurt me. I don't know if a couple hundred bucks would hurt you. How about a Taysom Hill bet? Oh God. Why do you have to bring up Taysom <laughs> See, that Hill? Hurts every show? More. That hurts him wow. more. <laughs> well, all right. Then you have rag on about Taysom Hill. He hates Taysom Hill. So I bring him up as much as I can. I do hate Taysom Hill. Yeah, but, I'm not uh, a Taysom I think... Hill guy. Papa loves him. I can't. I'm not a Taysom Hill guy. No, you shouldn't be a Taysom Hill guy. All right. Noted 49er hater, John Lund. Thank you very much for coming on the show. <laughs> See, these are people are going to remember. Every single day I get these tweets and, and back to me and it's like, you said this. I didn't say that. People people listen to half. So they're going to just hear that part of the podcast. And then I'm not, and then I'm going to try to get in the building for draft. And I'm like, it's going to be locked. Like, hey, I can't get in. They're going to be like, sorry, no steak for you. No That's steak right. for you. Not no soup be, for you. No steak for you. You'll be getting That's Chef Boyardee to you. steak out for you. <laughs> Papa right. will yeah. bring you one. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. It, yeah, like a dog. I'll just throw it out the door. Sorry, can't let you in. You're a hater. You hate the Niners. I heard it on a podcast. That's right. Well, from your, well, we should be so lucky. From your lips to God's ears, John Lund from KMBR yeah. again. You can hear him 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. weekdays, Papa and Lund. Thank you very much for the time, John. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. It was a lot of fun. All right, Levin. Well, let me ask you really quickly. Ten and a half wins over or under. See, I thought of one thing that makes it a little bit more of a question. I would have gone under, except for the Niners pretty much are given a win with the 17th game this year because it's Cincinnati. Cincinnati. So that kind of changes it. That makes it more like 10, like, you know, like a nine and a half. Well, nine and a half makes me waffle a little bit more at 10 and a half. I was going to go under just because the Niners have so much unknown. I don't see how you could confidently say they're going to win 11 games because of, you know, the quarterback, you have no idea what's going on with that. And they still have question marks like the cornerback position, you know, like, like Lund mentioned, Ferret is injury prone. And as of now they're counting on him. So, which is different than years past. So I, I think there's just too much unknown for me to confidently do that. But then the 17th game kind of throws a, a wrinkle into it. But I think I would still have to go under. I just don't feel nearly as good about it. Like that kind of that, that over under, I mean, it's Vegas. So of course it is, but it, it's like dead on. All right. Two unfaithful people on the episode this <laughs> week. That's cool. That's great. 
All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Gold Standard Podcast. Again, we appreciate your reviews. You've been great. Please keep them coming. Your ratings as well. We really do appreciate it. We are three weeks away from the draft. I know some people are are sick of the quarterback discussion. Do not be, because like I said earlier, we could be at the beginning of a fantastic run. So let's hope that they get it right. We will talk to you next week. Levin, thank you very much. And as always, go Niners.